Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A spiritual hoax. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. This is T and Lobsang Rampa bringing to you some information on a subject of which so many of you have written to me, the subject, a very popular one, meditation. What do you think when you hear that word, meditation? Do you think of some poor little scantily clad man sitting in a strange, strange attitude, contemplating his navel. Do you? The book The Third Eye by Tuesday Lobsang Rampa was published in 1956. It was his autobiographical account of growing up in Tibet and studying Tibetan Buddhism. Very popular book. Mm -hmm. Tuesday Lobsang Rampa was not Tuesday Lobsang Ramba. Uh-oh. It was Cyril Henry Hoskins. Ooh. Not a Tibetan Buddhist monk. Was a plumber from England. <laughs> and I really became a little bit obsessed because it was essentially a hoax. Mm-hmm. But despite it being a hoax and people knowing that it's a hoax, and I'm using the word hoax, we're going to maybe call it something else. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't stop the book from being sold. It doesn't mm-hmm. stop it from being a book that people enjoy. Yeah, It's just such an interesting cultural thing when it comes to especially Westerners getting into Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of avenues, especially in the mid-1950s. I mean, it's not like a ton of avenues in general, I guess. I mean, compared to maybe, you know, Christianity or, or Judaism. Yeah. This book has done some 
good, I guess. It's this story of this guy who decided essentially that that's who he was. Yeah. He was this Tibetan monk. And people seem to be like, hey, this is how I got into Buddhism. And in 1956, what are you comparing it to? Exactly. Now, you you have people that are, you know, scholars of Tibetan Buddhism that would read it and be like, this is, Mm -mm. something's off. Mm -hmm. And it's not accurate. And it doesn't sound like someone who is actually who they say they are. So it's a very kind of interesting thing, like... Who's really harmed? Nobody. Mm-hmm. But it's, just, and it's very interesting how Westerners are like, oh, I love Buddhism. It's so great. And where they're getting the information from yeah. is somebody that... Some plumber. That I think it's a thing where maybe he really did think that who he really was. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little bit of like people talk about alternative facts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or really how they identify yeah. in a way. It kind of goes back to that. But that really only comes out after they're busted. Yeah. <laughs> a little background on Tuesday, Lobsang Rampa. He claimed he was born to a wealthy Tibetan family and age seven had joined the Shakpuri Lamrasri in Lhasa. Pr- pronunciations are horrible. And my Invisalign is in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's bad on many right levels. Very sorry. Mm-hmm. He studied astrology, history, telepathy, hypnotism, reincarnation, uh, and went through an actual operation to open up the third eye in the middle of his forehead. Damn. Book sold really well. But then people started to be like, say what? Mm-hmm. He heard him speak, and he's like, he sounds like a British dude. Yeah, I'm thinking That's like a from, chimney sweep. He, he, he sounds like a... British dude, like from Surrey, like from outside of London. You sound like, like a oi, oi. I mean, I, I don't know if he kind of accent he had, you like know. Meant. So people wondered why he spoke English like a native-born speaker, but he claimed that he learned the language in a Japanese prisoner of war camp. That's okay. how he learned. Like I said, scholars, people that were well versed, tons of errors in the book, and he talked about the third eye, which we all kind of, you know, the third eye, open sure. your third eye. He talked about it as if, like, oh no, no. You get the middle of your forehead drilled. Not It's not a metaphorical third eye. You know, like your chakras. I mean, this guy probably was like, no, you just dig a hole in your it's chest. Like a and lobotomy in your face. Sort of, to open up that third eye. And there was somebody that was on his heels. A Tibetologist, Heinrich Horror, hired a private detective. Great. To, you know, kind of say, like, kind of vet this dude. Mm-hmm. And Clifford Burgess, the private investigator, Published the results of his investigation in February 1958 in the Daily Mail. Okay, okay. And he said Rampa had never been to Tibet and never had any operation to do his forehead. I mean, I don't know how that's not clear. And to describe him, he looks, he's, I don't know if he shaved his head, was bald. He looks like he could be a British dude, but he also looks like what Yul Brenner looked like in The King and I. okay. Like kind of that look. Like co-opting an aesthetic that is not his own. Yeah, but it is him. But when you, you know, you wear a certain thing. Yeah. The way everything's framed. Like a shawl and a bald head. And it's on a published book. Oy. Who's to say, especially if you're from the US, like who's to say this isn't what it is? Especially yeah. if you're not actually studying it like i read siddhartha when i was in college Mm -hmm. different thing but like i didn't know i was just reading because i was like oh this is a book you know Mm -hmm. i'm interesting i'm reading this book and i remember it being a good book but 
what I couldn't tell you if it was correct or not correct at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, someone like, well, I guess they, they embrace the language of this British person who is writing about Tibetan Buddhism. And that he just learned it from a Japanese POW camp? Again, don't know how that worked, but sure. He was actually Cyril Henry Hoskins, born in Devon, England, the son of a plumber. He worked as an assistant to his father in plumbing. Mm-hmm. And then he worked as an employee of a surgical implements firm and, and a clerk in a correspondence school. Hmm. But he always been interested in the occult. Cool. So he had a, an interest. Yeah. That's a, cool. That's a cool interest. Yeah. And he studied it in his spare time, whatever he can get his hands on, you know, Aleister Crowley or, you know, I'm sure other occults and, and interesting religions and, and schools of thought, belief systems. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let me take it a step further. Grew a beard, shaved his head, changed his name to Dr. Quan Suo. You can't just put a doctor on your name. That's fucked. And then he changed it again to Tuesday Lobsang Rampa. So it's like, favorite day of the week? Name that sounds Tibetan. Well, I think the Tuesday comes from the day of the week you're born in maybe Tibetan. Hmm. I don't know. It's something okay. like that. I'm not, Again, I'm, Sorry, I'm yeah. not an expert, but I think that's where the Tuesday comes from. Okay. Plus, honestly, it's, it sounds interesting. It sounds cool as hell. It's a cool name. I'll give that Everything to him. Everything is well manicured and, to this person's credit, successful. Mm-hmm. Did a successful job. All, you know, sounds like some. I, I think he may have not even graduated high school from what I've seen, but sounds you have to have a relative sense of intelligence, even though he was kind of found to be not who he says he was. Mm-hmm. Wrote 18 more books. Oh, damn. In the Rampa story, which is maybe the third book, he talked about how he fell out of a tree in his garden in Surrey, England. Okay. To photograph an owl. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. Hmm. I like owls. <laughs> and then he fell out and got a concussion. And then when he woke up, a Buddhist monk came up to him. And that's how that started. On According a to him, maybe it did. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't. Yeah. Again, this could be something where I, I really was looking for this person's state of mind. Was it somebody who was like, I'm a ghostwriter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ghostwriting these books because it's 1956. Yeah. And who's to say I can't do it? No one's yeah. stopping me from doing it. Or he really believed these things. I believe, though, a lot of stuff came out after he was busted and he was like, oh, but I, this is who I identify as. Yeah. I identify as, you know, if, if I'm like, I thought you said you had a Ferrari, my 2012 Subaru Outback identifies as a That's, Ferrari, yeah, exactly. you know, and maybe, and that to me is true, then it's true. Sure. You know, it's, but it sounds like a, Somebody who's like, listen, I, I like doing this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, have a genuine interest in it. I already successfully sold one book, and they're still selling. Yeah. Why don't I write eighteen more of them? Oh my god, eighteen! It's very imperialist of him. It's very British of him. And again, I think for me, I just want to like keep reminding myself this is nineteen fifty six, mid fifties. And he found out in fifty eight. Yeah. So we're still pretty closed off culturally and if you don't read that daily mail article <laughs> the newspaper you know if you yeah. don't actually read the actual newspaper then how are you going to know yeah. in southern california in chicago in mm-hmm. montana florida you're not going to know those things but you're the books are going to fly off the shelf yeah it's like he keeps calling me bloke and talking about copper piping but the ideas mm-hmm. are really real 
And I look to see what people's point of view is because people will still talk about this book as an introdu- introduction to Tibetan Buddhism. Wow. And I think either some people don't know or they do know, but they're like, still good. A lot of people overwhelmingly say, this is an interesting book to read. It's well written if you're not looking for like accuracy, but it's something that some people got a lot out of. So it wasn't like he was like, Buddhism is like being up in a tree and falling out. And that's page one. It was a well, like the stories were really interesting and well done. And I think it's also the emotional response you get from a book. Mm-hmm. Everything, you're reading it at the right time. Mm-hmm. I told about that book, uh, what is it, the uh, how, the Art of Not Giving a Fuck oh, book. Yeah, God. And I never curse, that's the name of the book. It's one of those books and, you know, it's great. If you get something out of it. But it's one of those things where you're getting it at a time where your emotional response is ready for it, mm-hmm. and it's being delivered in a way that's impactful. Yeah. Whether you utilize any of it, whether it's actually useful or not, doesn't matter. But at the time, all those things are happening at once, and you're ready to receive it. And I think that's a lot of what happened with this book. Even the the Dalai Lama at the time was like, I don't connect or identify with this guy, but and you know I don't agree with the usage of Buddhism to yeah. sell books without and being dishonest yeah. but he said did a lot for opening people up to buddhism and tibetan buddhism yeah that's you know and it's an honest response to to get and i think and if somebody read it and got a lot out of it i think that's great yeah uh, like i mean it's all press is good press it's like who was i don't know who is harmed so after they found out who he was he kind of took off like you know he still wrote books but he wasn't he wasn't around to kind of revel in anything anymore Mm -hmm. he went to ireland he eventually was like oh here's why after he had some time to process it or this is when he wanted to talk about it Mm -hmm. just being fair yeah alleged allegedly allegedly he said that yes i'm cyril henry hoskins but the soul of rampa oh god has transmigrated into his body therefore according to him all the information in the book is true it's just a retrofitting Jesus. of information. Fucking, I hate that shit. I, I do. I, 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 and I think there's some value. It's like he wrote a book report that appealed to Westerners about Buddhism. And I think there is some merit in that, um, especially in this specific time and place. But again, it's co-opting this idea. It's profiting off of it. It's also taking away from a space for someone else who maybe, you know, lived a little more authentically as a monk in Buddhism or from that part of the world that could, you know, make their own profit off of the teachings. And he probably Buddhism. maybe had the means to, in some way, you know, I don't know if it's because he was living in England or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this, you know, this, you know, we have this like, kind of this spiritual being right here in England and we have the means to, you know, in yeah. Tibet, I don't know how many printing presses there are, and but in England. Well, be honest you know, about it. Yeah. Fucking don't fuck around. It's like going to a yoga, it's like, you're not going to go to a yoga teacher I'm fine taking a yoga class from a white person. I know it is not, it's a, like a disparate, like a dissonance in the cultural ideals of yoga and ideas of yoga. And then like this white Westerner who's teaching them to me, but I can see who's teaching them to me. Like I know there's transparency and like honesty in this person who's in front of me and what they're teaching to me versus this book where it's like, there's not at all. But when there is, I'm going to like, you know, fucking construe it into something that still works for me. And what works for me is a little break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. 
If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, we're Eliza, Allison, and Carlin, and we're the hosts of Resolved Mysteries podcast. Our podcast follows the 80s and 90s television show Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by Robert Stack. We have a love for true crime and the unsolved. If you don't remember Unsolved Mysteries, we forgive you, but you don't have to know to get into our show. If you like true crime stuff, ghost stuff, alien stuff, or just stories about weird shit like Bigfoot, this is your podcast. The stories we cover range from totally ridiculous to truly heartbreaking. We do detailed research on all of the segments that Unsolved Mysteries aired, then drink some wine and give you the latest updates on every case. We talk about stories that will leave you laughing, crying, and occasionally outraged. Resolve Mysteries podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite pods. Join us and perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. So in his book, Living with the Llama, L-A-M-A, mm-hmm. it was described as being dictated to Rampa by his pet cat, Mrs. Fifi Grey Whiskers. Oh my God, this gets worse and worse. And then you know he was hit. He was still accused by the press that he was a phony and a con man. He went to live in Canada in the eighties with his wife, became Canadian citizens in nineteen seventy three, and died in Calgary, Canada, in nineteen eighty one at the age of seventy. Calgary is uh, where my wife is from. Oh, she's in on it, I guess. <laughs> Probably. Is she the llama? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.